Blog Talk Radio. Beyond the Gate Radio. This edition is the August 16, 2015 edition of Beyond the Gate Radio. I am your host, David Baker, and I welcome now the other host, Sherelle Baker. Sherelle, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. It is hot here today. Yes, hot today and hot yesterday, but supposed to be cooler tomorrow. Good thing we have AC. We're in the uh, Bay Area in California, and it's been pretty hot, and I guess that's a good thing, but we sure could use some rain, but that's yes, another yes, story. Yes, we can. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we have a wonderful guest today. Garnet Schauhauser is a retired lawyer who lives near Victoria on Vancouver Island, and I must say that I've been up there, it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. I've been up there in Victoria, Calgary, all around, and I can't wait to go back to Canada. Anyway, that's where he's from. And he lives there with his wife, Kathy, and little dog, Abby. He grew up on a small farm in Saskatchewan and moved to Calgary, Canada after law school where he practiced corporate law for over 30 years with two blue chip law firms. After retiring from his law firm in 2008, he began his new career as an author and his first book, Dancing on the Stamp, was published in 2012. Since the release of his first book, Garnet has been active with book signing tours and speaking engagements and has been a frequent guest on radio talk shows. When he is not writing or connecting with his followers, Garnet enjoys golfing, nature walks in the forest with Abby, and family gatherings with his sons, Blake and Colin, and their parents and their partners, Lauren and Burgess, and granddaughter Camaro. In Dancing on the Stamp, Garnet recounts how his life changed dramatically one day in 2007 uh, while he was still practicing law. When he was confronted on the street by a homeless man named Albert, who is actually a wise spirit in disguise, an emissary from the spirit world. This seemingly chance encounter launched a provocative dialogue with Albert, who disclosed startling new truths about all of life's big questions, including our true nature as eternal souls the cycle of reincarnation on earth, and how we create our own thought, free will choices. He wrote Dancing on the Stamp at Albert's request so that these revelations would be available to everyone. Garnet's second book, Dancing Forever with Spirit, describes his most recent adventures with Albert, who appeared in his bedroom one night to guide him on a series of -of out-of-body adventures to explore the wonders of the universe, including the Akashic Records, distant planets with fascinating life forms, and a human civilization that made the shift to the new Earth. Albert's goal was to encourage humans to stop their abuse of Mother Earth and all of her inhabitants by casting aside the negative emotions in favor of love and compassion. Now, 
folks. At the bottom, on the, if you're listening to the show, you see the website. There's links to his contact information. There's a hot link to his website. He has his email, contact, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, everything you need to know right there. Now, without further ado, welcome to the show, Garnet. Thank you for having me, David and Terrell. I'm delighted to be here. Well, it's so wonderful to have you, and it's also refreshing to have we have different guests on, but this is a little bit different, but it is within the realm of what we normally discuss, but yours is just totally new and refreshing, and yes. we're all excited to hear you know, some of the things you have to tell us tonight, and perhaps maybe somebody that's listening may want to ask you some questions later on, so we will be taking calls if people have questions or want to talk to you. So... You mentioned that one day. Now you're you're a lawyer. You're a well-educated person, and pretty much, you know, everything is cut and clear because you practice law. You know, you know when you practice law, there's a lot of information there, and you have to keep uh, a sharp mind, a focused mind, and when you practice law. Sometimes there's different types of evidence in court, like prima facie evidence, which is evidence on the face of it. There's hearsay. There's different things. So you have to be well-focused to make sure the facts are the facts. How could such a focused, well-educated person like you be strolling along one day and notice this homeless person? And what made you open up your mind? What was different about this encounter uh, compared to other encounters that you've had, I think that's a good place to start. Well, Eden, that's a very good question, David. Um, and and uh, the, the street I was strolling down this day, this is when I'm still practicing law, um, it, it's a, a sort of a pedestrian law in front of my building, and there, there were often homeless people that I would uh, you know, meet or see on the street, and I, my usual tactic, if they sort of came up to me panhandling for money, would I just do a quick sidestep and go around them. So I was used to seeing homeless people on the street, and so this day I'm walking down the street just getting a breath of fresh air and, and um, all of a sudden a homeless man just seemingly comes out of nowhere out of the shadows and jumps right in front of me. Now, you're probably saying, why did you just go around him? Well, because he had these amazing dazzling blue eyes and they, they literally shone like two little blue stars. And so I stood there, I was transfixed. You know, I was like a, a deer caught in the headlights because uh, coming from his gaze, he was, I, I felt that he was looking right into the the very depths of my soul, and I sensed that he knew everything about me, everything I'd ever said or done, uh, all my hopes and aspirations, all my fears and anxieties, my deepest and darkest secrets, uh, and I sensed he knew this, um, and I don't know why, because we'd never met before, it's totally new to me, um, and so uh, instead of feeling violated because this guy seemed to be just, uh, you know, uh, penetrating deep into my soul, at the same time, he was sending me this wave of pure unconditional love towards me. And it was infusing my whole body with an amazing sense of peace and security, a feeling I've never had before. So I was happy just to stand there and bask in, the, in, the, in this man's gaze because it was so comforting and so, uh, uh, and so enlightening. Um, and, and it was like a time warp. I don't know how long I stood there. But I had no desire to go around or to move or to do anything. I was just happy to stand there in front of this homeless man. And then he broke the spell by saying to me, why are you here? And... Uh, he didn't promptly disappeared into a nearby store. And so when I finally collected my wits, I, I went into the store after him to try to find him. I, I needed to know who he was. Uh, but he was nowhere to be seen in the store. And I walked back out in the street, and I walked up and down hoping to spot him. But he had seemingly disappeared into thin air. Well, I resolved that I had to come back the next day to find him, uh, or try to find him anyway. So very next day, same street, same time of day, I, I took a stroll. Um, you know, looking around carefully seeing, to see if I can spot this, this homeless man anywhere because I was really curious. And, and uh, after about 15 minutes, when I was just about ready to give up, I spotted him sitting on a bench all by himself. So I went up to him and I said, who are you and why did you stop me the other day? And he said, I'm a soul just like you. I'm here to answer your questions and help you on your journey. And so then David my skeptical lawyer brain kicked in, and, and you know very well how lawyers think, and I was a typical lawyer. Um, uh, so my skeptical lawyer brain kicked in, and I said to him, why do you think you could help me 
when you can't even help yourself because you look like you've been sleeping on the street for weeks and you smell like a dead fish. Well, he just gave me a big smile. Big smile, and he said to me, you know, looks can be deceiving. He said, you look like you're a very successful lawyer with everything under control, but we both know that's just a facade. He said, you know, if you want to, turn around and go back to your office and see if you can find all of your answers in those emails waiting for you on your computer, or you can sit down and have a chat with me. So then luckily my intuition kicked in and it said, this man is special, he's different, and I have nothing to lose by chatting with him, maybe half an hour of my life, no big deal. Uh, so the, my curiosity got the better of me and I just sat down on the bench beside him and that started a dialogue that went off and on for the next several months. And he told me his name was Albert and that he was actually one of my spirit guides disguised as a homeless man. And after our first three encounters, he appeared, uh, the first three encounters, he appeared as a homeless man. After that, he no longer showed up in physical form and he was just a voice in my head and we communicated by telepathy. And when I asked him why he showed up as a homeless man initially, he said it was his way of easing me into the conversation because had he just started talking to me as a voice in my head, I probably would have thought I was losing my mind. And he's right, I probably would have. And so this was his way of, of introducing himself to me. And then once I get, became comfortable with him and who he was, then he no longer need to, needed to show up in physical form and we just communicated uh, by telepathy. And I was very comfortable doing that. Uh, so that's how he uh, uh, entered my life. Uh, that's why I sat and listened to this guy instead of going around him was because of his amazing eyes, which just sort of, uh, as I said, shone like two little blue stars and uh, sent an amazing gush of unconditional love towards me. So it, w it was very it's hard to describe, but yet you'd have to sort of go through it to know what I'm saying, but it was like a totally different feeling from anything I've ever experienced before. So, but once I got into the conversation with him, of course, I knew that he really was who he said he was, a, a spirit guide one of my spirit guides, uh, and that he had some revelations to give to me. And he said that he wasn't there just to answer my questions. And, of course, I'd been asking myself uh, the eternal life questions uh, all through my life that everyone gets to one point or another, like who am I, why am I here, what's my life's purpose, and what happens to me when I die. So he answered all those questions, many others, and then he told me that he wasn't here just to, uh, just to please me, but he wanted me to write a book about his revelations so that everyone else could have access to them, which was a bit of a surprise because I never thought about writing a book before in my life. And I resisted initially, uh, but he's very persuasive, and eventually I, I caved in and wrote the manuscript for my first book, Dancing on a Stamp. That's totally amazing. You know, some people will channel spirit to get information, and there's different ways of doing that, I suppose. And different people wake up or approach in different ways, possibly because we're all like snowflakes, we're individuals, and we're all different, we think differently, and I suppose if you're here to do something, you know, like you're like a late bloomer, I suppose you have to experience a great deal of life to get to the point to where you can look back and you open your mind to this wisdom, you're ready for it, it sounds like uh, to me, it was the right time, and you actually opened up to it. And being a, the type of professional that you are, you know, you you know, people have to listen to what you're saying. You're not just a regular person on the street, you know, but you're a baker or a candlestick maker. But you're a, a real professional, and like you said, you're you know a skeptic until something very powerful happened to you. You paid attention to it and pursued it. And thus, look where where you are today. And the message is, it's really a powerful and wonderful message. Now, after a while, did you just sit down at your computer and start? I mean, how how did the book start after Albert asked you if you would write the book? You know, well, without giving the would... book away. <laughs> Yeah, what I would do, David, is after every conversation we had, is I would set up the keyboard and, and pound away and type out my my notes of what what went on, and uh, so I just sort of made rough notes about our conversations, and then uh, as as I sort of uh, finally sort of uh, caved in to this idea that uh, that I should be writing a book, uh, then I would have to sort of take my notes and craft it into uh, 
something that was readable and, and, and made sense to people. So, and it took me a while. I, 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 uh, first of all, I had to struggle with the idea of whether I was going to write a book. And then when I started writing the book and the manuscript, uh, and it took me a while because I'd never done this before. Um, and, uh, you know, once I had the manuscript finished, uh, David, I, uh, I then struggled with the idea of whether I would uh, just throw it in the drawer, never to be seen again, or find a publisher, because I was afraid of uh, adverse reactions from family and friends and my former law colleagues and clients, because to them, I was this very straight-laced, buttoned-down corporate lawyer. I never talked about religion or spirituality or anything even close to that, or metaphysics. Um, and so they, I knew that a lot of them would be, well, they'd all be quite surprised at, at, at when they found out I'd written my book, Dancing on a Stamp. And I knew that some of them, some of my former uh, clients and colleagues, would think that poor old Garnet had just lost his mind, uh, and 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 that they would, you know, I, I'd lose him as friends. And I I knew that was a risk, um, but you know, I so I agonized over for a while, and then after uh, some period, I just said, you know, I have to do this. I have to come out of the spiritual closet and write this book, get it and, and get it published, uh, and you know, let the chips fall where they may. And so I did, and uh, I haven't regretted it. I've lost some people along the way, but I've gained many more new people, and so overall it's been a very positive experience. Totally, uh, I'm on a different path from where I was practicing law, as you can imagine. I very much enjoy this. I enjoy all my contacts with Albert, and I enjoy writing books and talking about it on radio shows and, and other forums. So it, it's, it was an amazing change of life for me, and it did come at the right time, David. Um, Albert told me after that, uh, of course, he and I had planned all this before I was born, was part of my life plan, and uh, the, yes, indeed, they wanted me to have a, a lot of life experience, uh, you know, as I practiced law for like 34 years uh, before he came, and they felt that was the right moment, um, and of course, I don't remember any of this planning, but he said, yeah, it was all planned, and, uh, and, he, um, and, he, and he picked the time, and I think he did it perfectly, so I think it was, I was just, I was ripe for a change in my path, uh, and he came along and opened the door for, uh, for, for a, new, uh, a new career for me, basically. Well, you know what they say, when one door closes, another opens. I always believe that, and I also believe there's a lot of people waking up and coming to this area, and I won't necessarily call them a spiritualist, cause, you know, or a spiritist or any of that, but just somebody with open mind. And, you know, I've said this many times before. I guess I'm getting tired of saying this particular term because it's kind of apropos, but it's a new paradigm shift. But I'd rather say a new age of awakening where more people are awakening, being contacting. And I, when I, as a professional psychic medium, I've been a medium all my life and did what I had to do seven years ago. But some years ago, people would laugh at you. You can't call on a radio show, be on TV, or talk about it. People would laugh at you. Now there's all these paranormal and spiritual shows on TV and everything is times have really changed. New people are born with abilities and open minds and all that. And people are actually starting to discuss reincarnation again. What's the purpose of reincarnation? Now, that's uh, something I believe in myself, of course, and I find a very fascinating subject, reincarnation. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, reincarnation is is a is a fact of life on on a planet. I mean, we, you know, according to Albert, we all started off on the spirit side, which some people call heaven or the other side or whatever you want to name it, um, a wonderful, beautiful place where where which is really our home, and we're all eternal souls. And our goal is to try to uh, evolve uh, as eternal souls by uh, experiencing things. Uh, uh, you know, one of the ways is to incarnate on the denser planes like Earth and experience things that we think are good for us, lessons that we need to learn to help us with our evolution. And so, you know, we, and, and before we, we came here, we all prepared, uh, as I mentioned before, a life plan which set out the, the major circumstances of our proposed lives, things like uh, the place we'd be born, uh, the first language we'd learn, and the identity of our parents and siblings and friends and spouses and so on. So it was like a broad blueprint of, of what was going to happen or what we'd like to have happen in our lives. Uh, so that we can learn the things we wanted to learn. Um, and then once we're born, though, of course, we don't remember that we have a life plan. And because we have free will to take actions, then we often stray off course and we don't always, in fact, seldom would you follow it perfectly. Uh, but it doesn't really matter how, you know, how many wrong turns you make or how many mistakes you make. 
uh, at the end of the day, when your physical body dies, you go back to the spirit side. Everyone does. And you go back there, and then you can uh, decide, do I want to come back to Earth again in a different, uh, a different country, different body, different incarnation, um, or do I want to go elsewhere? So it's really, uh, you know, the cycle of reincarnation is something that we choose for ourselves. No one makes us come here. We're not ever sort of compelled by the wheel of karma or anything else to keep on coming back. We can, we can come as many times as we want. We can stop whenever we want. We can go to a different planet in the universe and incarnate into uh, you know, many different life forms. Uh, so it's really up to our choice. It's, it, it's sort of like every soul has their own journey, and no two journeys are the same, and we all have a different uh, sort of pace for our evolution. And there's no timetables and no deadlines. So because we're eternal, we can, we can go fast, we can go slow, whatever we want to do. And, and so it's, it's really our choice. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, reincarnation, it, 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 absolutely, that's just a fact of life in our universe. It happens to, happens to everyone. Uh, you and Sherelle, of course, uh, came from the spirit side just as I did. I totally believe that. You know, uh, go ahead, Sherelle. I was going to say I like that you said that only because it, you know, it's our it's our choice and we do forget. And it's funny that even in quiet circles, not on, not necessarily on the radio, but just intimate circles, people will talk about that and talk about what they would have thought that their life plan would have been. And it's just interesting to hear um, from people that you would never suspect that would say it. And they're interested in, oh, well, when I'm done with this life, I'm going to come back and I want to do something else and blah, blah, blah. But that's not something that you hear, you know, just, I mean, these are just intimate circles, but in a regular conversation, everyone is very, you know, let's stay on the borders. Let's not talk about that kind of stuff. So it's it's very nice to hear. Yeah, and it, it, it does, you know, more and more people become aware of this. And people have often asked me, why why can't we remember what's in our life plan? And Albert's answer to that was, if you did, we'd be too easy. You know, if you knew it was in your life plan and what you hoped to experience and what you hoped and how you would hope to react to events in your life, then you would just follow your script. And 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 the real test is to is is to uh, is to try to live your life here in your journey um, without remembering what's in your life plan. It, it, you know, he said, if you knew what's in your life plan, it'd be like the teacher giving you the questions and answers to an exam before the exam. Right. No point in writing it. And so that's one of the reasons that Earth is is a really a very tough school in the universe. Uh, and uh, it's because we, we have a life plan that we don't remember and we have free will uh, to take actions, and so we're often running amok and, and going here and there, and we're, we're dealing with other people who also have free will and don't remember what's in their life plan, and so all this interaction uh, it causes uh, a, a, ma- a major challenge for us, and that's, that's why we came here. We wanted the challenge, um, and, and Albert says uh, humans should pat themselves on the back for being here because it's a very challenging school, and uh, it took a lot of courage to come here. So uh, kudos to, to you and, and, and David and everyone else listening. Well, thank you. You know, this is right in line with uh, my thinking and, and what I know as well. Uh, pretty much exactly the same. You know, I, I somebody asked me one time, and I said, well, there's a couple of spirits floating on the cloud, you know, to make it simple. And they say, you know, this is paradise. It's so wonderful, and we've been here so long. But after a while, it's like a, a wealthy person that I knew told me that David, I don't eat steak all the time because I'm wealthy. I get tired of it, and I need to have a hamburger once in a while, something like that. So the spirits are saying, "Well, we're you know, complacent. You know, we're happy, but now we're bored." And thunderbolt strikes. God says, "Oh, you're bored, huh? Okay, I'm going to send you somewhere." and where you can appreciate where you're at now, and then they're on Earth, you know. Earth, which is now a school. You're placed in the school, I believe, to experience, right? And you become from a rough diamond as a young spirit, and each lifetime you become another facet of the diamond until the diamond's complete. But it must be a pretty big diamond because I think it's going to take forever. But uh, through experience, in other words, if you don't experience, you can't learn. And some people say, well, gee, why am I suffering then? Why do you, you know, I said, because if you don't do that, you know, it helps the quickening of the soul. In other words, to spiritually evolve and progress. I believe that you experience all the facets or, you know, 
everything you experience, it makes you smarter, stronger, and appreciate your creation more. I mean, is that kind of like what you believe as well? Absolutely. Yeah, every, every experience you have on Earth is beneficial to you. You, you. you grow and evolve from every experience, whether it's good or bad. And in fact, as a lot of people say, you learn more from your bad experiences than you do from your good. But you learn, you learn from all of them. And even if you don't experience the things you had hoped to experience, you're still going to have uh, you know, some evolution of your soul because uh, every experience, whether it's planned for or not, um, that, you know, does increase your wisdom and, and, uh, and makes you, as you say, a, a stronger soul, a more highly evolved soul. So, um, you know, Earth is just an adventure and you sort of like, uh, you hope to be able to follow your path, but you know very well that you will probably stray off course, sometimes very far off course. Um, and it, it's, a real, uh, it's a real challenge. And, and, but when you get back, you finish your life, you get back to the, to the spirit side, you go through a life review where you look back on every little detail of the life you've just finished and there you can see, okay, well, here's where I went off track. There's where I made a mistake. And then you resolve from there to try to do better the next time. And, and a lot of souls will just say, okay, well, uh, I know I can do better than that. I'm going to come back, uh, back to earth and uh, we're going to do it again. And there's no, uh, there's, as I say, there's no deadline or timetable. So you can come back as often as you want. And so it's uh, just part of your evolution. It's a learning experience for sure. So when we die and go back to the spirit world, for the lack of a better name, um, and there are many, we go through a life review and we judge ourselves to see how we did, so forth and so on, so we don't get sent to flames or somewhere else. It's just an experience because you didn't kill anybody, and if you did, you really didn't because, after all, they're going to end up there in their life is eternal, so you really can't kill somebody. And if you did something wrong, you learn from it, perhaps you can correct it when you come back by another experience. I mean, it's, it's kind of like that. Isn't that what it is about learning and growing from that? No, absolutely. And, 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 and you're quite right that uh, everyone goes back to the spirit side, and you're, and you're right, you can't, you can't really kill another soul. Souls are eternal. I mean, uh, your human body can kill another human body, but when you get back to the, to the, to the spirit side, there is no judgment that, you know, God or the source doesn't judge you. There's no punishment. There's no hell. And you both will be back from where you came from, and there will be no animosity or hatred from your victim, the person that you killed, the human body on earth. And it's just like, you see, Albert said, souls and spirits that regard a life on earth is similar to a play. And if you're acting in a play on earth, and the script calls, you, calls for you to stab and kill another actor, when the curtain goes down, you don't get arrested by the police because it didn't really happen. It was just play acting. Well, the souls on the spirit side, they regard things on earth very similar, like everyone's uh, following a script, whether they know it or not. Um, and sometimes people will go way off course. Sometimes they will lose control of their negative emotions and, and they cause harm to other people, physical harm or even kill them. Um, but when, they, when all the souls get back to the spirit side, they just say, okay, well, that was just sort of a, uh, one play on earth, uh, now we're all back and we can regroup and plan our next adventure. So it's really a different way of looking at it. And, and as I say, it's strange. a lot of people say, well, how could you not feel hatred towards somebody who murdered you on earth? Uh, and, and Albert just says, well, things are very different when you get over there. You understand the way that it is on earth and, and uh, you'll just uh, shower the other person with unconditional love, which you did beforehand because you're probably all part of a soul group traveling together. So um, it's a very different outlook. Some people find that distressing. It seems unjust, but I would say that's just the way it works. And I believe that, and I'm going to back that up a little bit because I'm a psychic medium. I've done over 3,000 readings from 15 minutes to four hours for families and so forth. And I've never felt or heard anything negative from this crossover. I'm not talking about earthbound ghosts that didn't cross over yet. That's a different story, but from them up there, I've always seen beauty and heard love, support, and forgiveness. I've never contacted anybody that had been assassinated, murder killed, you know, all that I've dealt with, all that, never any of them angry. They all say it was for a purpose, for helping each other on their paths or for themselves or something, but never, never, ever anything negative. In fact, I heard that you're eternal, you're loved, and you can never do anything wrong. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, that's right. There, there are no uh, absolute right or wrongs in, in, in the universe. It, it's, uh, 
you know, what you do on Earth is just, uh, it could be right or wrong relative to where you want to go and which, which in your life plan, but it's not absolutely right or wrong. I, I mean, and, uh, you know, God of the Source doesn't make uh, rules for us to follow and doesn't have any expectations for what we should be doing, you know, in our incarnations or otherwise. We, you know, we set our own pace and we, uh, we plan our own lives, and uh, no matter what you do here, it's never considered to be wrong in any absolute sense. Over there in the spirit side is whatever you do here uh, on Earth is just uh, you know part of your life experience and uh, and that's good and if you uh, if you if you do something that when you look back in your life review that you say gee I wish I hadn't done that um, you know it, that's just a, a learning experience you you have basically judge yourself judge what you did in your life not in a negative sense it's not intended to make you feel badly about what you did but just sort of as a learning experience and then you go from there and say okay now I'm going to plan my next incarnation. And I know what I want to do this time, and uh, so it's all—it's uh, just uh, you know you're attending a tough school, and when you get back to the spirit side, then you just regroup and uh, and and plan your next step forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's the way anybody would be educated, and you know, it's all energy in the spirit world, so you you can pretty much do, do what you want, but you can't like take a nice fine glass of wine and swirl it around and look at the legs go down and get the aroma and, and taste it, you know, and have a hot, juicy hamburger up there. But when you come here, you say, well, I'm on vacation from heaven. It's really hell down here, but, I mean, I might as well eat all the hamburgers <laughs> and do all the stuff <laughs> that I can before I go back, because up there, there's your energy. There's no body, no taste and all that. So I I, I found some benefits for being on Earth, you know, <laughs> and so... Well, that's, well, I, that's one of the and, reasons you're here, David. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, by the way, uh, Garnet, are you willing? I'm not sure if anybody has any questions for you, but are you willing to take a couple of calls since we're halfway Absolutely. through the show? Sure. All right. I'll take calls. Yeah. All right, Sherelle. Yes, let's take a call, shall we? Area code 757, you are on the air, Beyond the Gate Radio. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Andrea. Hi, Angela. Welcome me? to the show. Yes. Andrea. <laughs> Andrea, thank you. Yes, welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. Um, it, it's so interesting. I love, I love that whole conversation. I kind of wish that happened to me in a way. <laughs> I want to meet my spirit guide and learn some things too, you know. But I guess it wasn't meant to be. Um, wow. I have a question in terms of. I have a son that is twenty, and he has autism, and he's nonverbal. What is the reason why we we're having so many people with that condition right now? Is there a spiritual reason for it? I'm sorry, Angela, I couldn't understand your question. Is there, David, could you there, repeat it? Yes, is I, there I, a spiritual I, reason for autism and how it's hitting the earth right now in terms of how many boys are showing up with this condition. My son is 20 and he has it. And he's nonverbal. And it's very confusing to me. as a it's, like having, it's like having a baby all these years and I always have to guess if something's wrong with him, if he wants something, if he needs something. It's very tough. Very tough. So is there is there a spiritual reason for that? Sorry, I'm really having trouble understanding hearing you, Angela. Okay. He has uh, autism, and she's wondering why more people are getting that uh, yeah, so-called why disorder. Why are so many showing up now? What what is the reason why we're getting all of these boys with this autism? Well, uh, I mean, when, when people have autism, there's a good chance it was chosen by them beforehand and that they chose that physical body that was that had propensity <laughs> to develop autism, and, and they, they did it for a purpose, and, and it was part of their learning. It's like the people who chose to be born with a with other physical handicaps, like uh, um, yes. you know, they can't walk or they, you know, all those things. People choose those. It may seem strange to us, but they they choose it for as a learning experience. And why so many are becoming uh, um, uh, autistic? Don't know the answer to that. I can ask Albert the next time I talk to him. But uh, it, it, it's just yeah. part of uh, part of a uh, life planning that's that's happening. And uh, those people have a reason for choosing it. 
Yeah, I know they do. I, I know my. I feel my son is a special soul. I think he's very intuitive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I know that he's very smart. It's mm-hmm. All the stuff in there. <laughs> you can't well, get it out. If you mind, I've dealt with some children with that uh, as a medium during readings, and I had mothers bring their children over that you know. Uh, had a hard time communication, and I had some very good communications with the children that had autism, and I found them to be very highly intelligent and understanding of what I'm talking about and seem to have been far ahead in intelligence for their age. And as far as why people come here like that, you can learn from them, they can learn from us. As the world evolves, we have to deal with more challenges like terrorism, and more crime yeah. and things of that yeah. nature. So without these challenges, you know, if there was no challenges, we would cease to exist. There would be no purpose for us. So I believe that, you know, you're giving him a lot of help and love, and you're learning that, and he's receiving, and he's teaching you love, and he's giving you challenges. And so you're learning as well. And you're yeah. right. He is a beautiful, intuitive soul. And that is the most precious gift, whether he's normal or he has that disorder, whatever. I can see that you're doing really well with it, even though it's a challenge. So be grateful that you have this wonderful It's just like Garnet said, God choose the camera to learn. In different situations, some people, you wonder why are there beggars in India or somewhere? They come right. to learn to see how that is, and maybe uh-huh. next time they come, they might be wealthy. Maybe next time your son comes, he might be a very important scientist. But without yeah. the balance of all these different facets of the diamond, we can't uh-huh. evolve. And so if you look deeper, that's what it's really about. So love him and continue to help him because I know he loves you. and Everything. Oh, I, oh, well. shut up. So hopefully that helps answer some of your questions. We it don't does, profess I mean, to know everything. It's something I always, I already know in my spirit, and I always knew that I was going to yeah. have a child with a disability. I just knew that in my spirit. Um, and I've always been well, thank God he has you as a parent. Thank God he has a parent. Because you did not abandon him. You're working really no. hard to make sure he has a wonderful home. So God yes. bless you for that. And uh, hopefully that helps. Thank and you. thank you so much for calling in. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm going to read your book. I'm going to get your book. <laughs> I love I love this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Well, Garnet, you no, know, it's just as you said, you know, uh, you explained it, and there's a real-life case right there. You no, know, if I had, I have a book out, too, and almost 40 years ago, I was homeless for a while, and I almost gave up, but I came through it, and if I hadn't made it, I mean, you know, I made it through it, and because I, I was through that experience, it changed my whole life. It made me uh, from an arrogant person to a... Uh, a person that appreciates every minute that I'm here. So experience is very important. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to add, you made a good point to uh, Angelo about the fact that um, sometimes when, uh, you know, her, her son incarnated uh, knowing that he would develop autism, and he did, did it partly for his own benefit, but partly for her benefit as well. And that was an experience that she needed to, to, to go through and, and, and the two of them planned this before they were they, they were both incarnated, that, that, you know, this soul would be the son and have autism, and she would be the mother, and she would learn from looking after uh, and caring for her autistic son, and he would learn some of his lessons. So it was sort of a mutual beneficial relationship, and that, that happens a lot, is that uh, it's not always just the person who has the handicap that's there for an experience, but they're there to help others a deal with their uh, with their uh, you know their their hand, their their handicap and and so it's a it's sort of a mutual learning experience. I, I agree. And doing past life readings, I've had something similar to that. I'm not talking about her now, but somebody else similar that they had abandoned their children. Uh, they only had a couple, and so the next life they came, they had a lot of children, and they were. 
they were poor, but they had to learn to take care of them and not abandon them and work really hard, you know what I mean? So uh, to make up, you know, the experience for the next life. And I'm not saying it's karma. I'm just saying it's continuation in the, in the education. But there, she must, this caller must have a big heart. She must be an advanced soul as well as your son. It takes a lot to do that, and he's still there 20 years old with her. That is uh, a big challenge. It's hard to be on Earth, like you said. That's a heck of a challenge, and I, I know she's. I know they're both going to be successful at it. That That is totally amazing. Difficult, but amazing. It, it is an amazing task, and I think you're right. I think she's probably a very advanced soul, somebody who has the the wisdom uh, and the experience to ha- to tackle that sort of a situation uh, because, you know, if somebody new to this planet, it would be very difficult for them. So I think that she has been around before and she's a, a wise and advanced soul. So, uh, you know, good for her. And I agree. Well, Sherelle, you want to take another question from the caller, Absolutely. one of our lovely listeners? Absolutely. Let's um, take area code 917. Area code 917, hello, you are on Beyond the Gate Radio. Yes, hello, beautiful people. Thank you for having your show today. Thank you. Did you have a question You're for welcome. Garnet? Um, yeah, I would like to know what the spirit has for me. Okay. Um, Sorry, what was the question? Um, I would like to know what message spirit has for me. I, I still didn't. David, can you help me with that question? She wanted to know what uh, message Spirit has for her, uh, but we know you're not a medium, right? Yeah, I'm not a medium. Sorry, ma'am. I, I don't I don't do readings for people. David uh, does that, uh, so so I don't uh, I don't do the uh, messages from the spirit side. Did I, you, just, did you, I, I, I just hear from my my spirit guide Albert, and that's the only one that I communicate with. Did you have a okay, question that's... about one of his books? Oh no, I've never read one of his books. Oh, he's not doing readings about relationships or anything. No, not at this time. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. It's okay. Uh, I would normally do it, but I don't want to cut into Garnish time because he only has about 18 more minutes with us left. But but stay tuned to our show. We will be doing some readings. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. What today? So yeah, they, you know we do have people on here that do readings, and we have people on here that do interviews, and and so forth. And I think that's a wonderful thing. We're an open-minded radio show. We do paranormal, spiritual, UFOs, Bigfoot, and all that. And we let people come here and present their knowledge to us so we can learn from them. And we support all our guests. Otherwise, why have them on? <laughs> so that's why we have Garnet tonight. Now, Garnet, what it, can you tell us a little bit about the second book, Dancing yeah, Forever it, with Spirit? Yeah, the second book was... Uh, after I had my first encounters with Albert, which was a, basically a dialogue, a telepathic dialogue that we had, um, then he kind of went out of my life for uh, several weeks. I didn't hear anything from him. And then one night I sort of sat up in bed and I saw this ghost-like ethereal figure standing in the doorway. And as it moved closer to me, David, I could recognize him. It was my old friend Albert in this homeless man disguise, but he was in astral form. And so I was surprised. I said, you know, hi, Albert, what brings you here? And he said, I'm here to take you on a series of out-of-body adventures, a series of astral trips. I'm going to take you to the spirit side and to other planets in our galaxy. Um, and, and I want to show you things that I want you to write about in your next book. Um, because he said he believed that a picture was worth a thousand words. And so um, I was surprised. I didn't know what, to do, you know, what, what was coming next. So I said to him, you know, should I tell my wife uh, where I'm going um, and do I need a passport? And he just chuckled and he said, no, you'll be back in your body before morning, and your wife <laughs> will never know you've been gone. And, and so then he literally reached out, and he pulled my astral body out of my physical body. I turned around and looked, and my, my body was still, the uh, physical body was still sound asleep in bed. Um, and, and then he took me by the, by the hand, and he led me up. Uh, when you're in astral form, of course, you, you don't have any weight. You're just energy. Um, and, he, and we rolled up through the ceiling and up through the clouds, and, uh, and there uh, he let me turn around and look at our beautiful planet from a, high altitude, and it was breathtaking because, uh, you know, our planet was like a jewel pendant floating in the inky blackness of space. It was really something that that if every human could see our beautiful planet from that perspective, I think we would really uh, curtail the abuse that we heap on 
good old Mother Earth because it's, it's just a beautiful gem floating in space. In any event, then he, uh, he took me through um, a shimmering doorway that was sort of floating there in space, and he said, this is the doorway to the spirit side. And uh, so we walked through there, um, and immediately on the other side, I found myself standing in this beautiful lush meadow. There was like lush green grass and tall majestic trees and, and wildflowers everywhere, and, you know, in a, like a thousand different colors, colors that you could never, just don't exist on earth and you couldn't really describe. And so we walked through the path of this beautiful meadow, went up a small hill, and at the top, I noticed on the other side and the bottom, there was a group of souls waiting for me. And as we got closer, um, my heart skipped a beat because I recognized who these were. They were my mother, my father, my brother, uh, my grandparents, and various aunts and uncles who had already passed over from the earth plane. And then running from behind the group uh, towards me, uh, much to my delight, was my little dog, Oscar, who had died about 10 years before. And he's a little mini schnauzer. And he was running towards me as fast as he could with his little tail wagging his whole body uh, to give me a greeting. And so that was, that was amazing. And then I had this one little bit of misgiving as I approached the group, and that was because uh, of my mother. And I loved her dearly, but she had very strong religious convictions when she lived on earth. She was a Roman Catholic. I was raised as a Roman Catholic. And in my book, Dancing on a Stamp, my first book, I wasn't kind to the Catholic Church. I shot a lot of holes in, in their beliefs and their dogmas. So I was afraid about what her reaction might be. Um, but she just gave me a, a big hug and said, everything's okay. She said that if I was still living on earth, I would not be happy with what you wrote in your book. But now that I'm on the spirit side, I can see the whole picture, and I agree with everything you've, you've written. And so that was a, a big relief. And so then <laughs> yes. after, you know, you, you know how we are wondering about whether our mother approves of what we do. That's uh, right. Don't do, you know. That's right. It, it stays with us, you know. Um, so then, anyway, I left this group, and Albert took me to this uh, uh, beautiful white city that he called Aglaia, which is one of the cities on the spirit side. And we walked down the main boulevard, and uh, you know, there it was like uh, there's all kinds of souls dressed in many different garments, uh, uh, clothing from many different eras and countries on Earth. Albert explained that souls on the spirit side can choose to appear to others in whatever form they want. And they will often choose to wear clothing that they enjoyed from one of their lifetimes on Earth. So it was like, like I was in the middle of a costume ball. Very colorful. And he said a lot of souls just choose to appear as globes of, uh, of light, of energy. It's, it's entirely up to them. But no matter how they appear to others, every soul has a unique energy signature so they're easily recognizable by our souls. And so then we watch, walk towards this tall, majestic building uh, with white pillars in the front that he called the Hall of Wisdom. And there... Uh, we went inside into this large circular chamber, um, and Albert said that we were going to meet with the Council of Wise Ones. And there was a, a, a U-shaped table in the middle, and seated around it were 11 souls. This was the Council of Wise Ones, and they all had snow-white hair and very smooth, unwrinkled skin, um, and they wore gold robes with white sashes. And the, the chair of this council, whose name was Sophia, she said, thank you for coming. We asked Albert to bring you here because we wanted to send a message through you back to your fellow humans on Earth. And I'll, I'll just briefly get into the message. She said, humans um, are at a very crucial point in their development. We've developed very advanced technology, but our emotional and spiritual intelligence has not kept pace. And that often, and that means that we let our negative emotions get out of control too often, which leads to conflict, strife, and murders, and killings, and terrorist acts, and wars, and so on. And she said, we have the technology, the weapons, that, that, that if unleashed could destroy all life on our planet, and we need to make sure this doesn't happen uh, because we, we have to control our negative emotions and try to raise our vibrations uh, by embracing uh, love and compassion. And she said that if we don't uh, take all the, the right steps, we're going to end up like Lemuria and Atlantis, and we're going to crash and burn. And there's been a number of other human civilizations in the past that have risen up to a very high level and then just destroyed themselves. So they, they really didn't want us to end up in the same place. And so that was the message that we needed to go back to tell people, discard your negative emotions, embrace love and compassion, that will raise your vibrations. And ultimately, if your vibrations uh, go up to a high enough level, you can then uh, go to uh, our planet in a, in a higher dimension called the New Earth. And, and that's where you really want to try to get to. And, and it's important to, to, to strive to do this. And so uh, I said, sure, I'll take that message back to my fellow humans. And, uh, and, and anyway, so the, the second part, that was the first the leg of my astral adventures with Albert 
we went to a lot of different places. Don't have time today to talk to, um, uh, tell you about all of them, but they're described in my second book, Dancing Forever with Spirit. And then after my first set of Astro Adventures, I had a, a subsequent set with, El- with Albert, and that's described in my third book, which isn't released yet. It's called Dance of Heavenly Bliss, and it'll be released sometime in early 2016. So it was, there's another set of, uh, uh, of adventures. All these were, were designed not to entertain me, but to, but to provide a lesson for me and all mankind and to, or provide a nugget of wisdom. So there's something there that hopefully we should all ponder, uh, and this is what Albert had really intended. He, he wants to send a message to, uh, to humans, and he's uh, using me as one of his messengers, and I, I do it by writing my books and, and going on radio shows. I find that theme throughout the world of metaphysics where many mediums from the past uh, have done what they did because they had a message to pass on, and that's amazing. This morning I was sitting um, in my living room thinking about the show. I'm thinking about a lot of people say they're in heaven and they're wearing robes because that's what they like or whatever, and other ways of dressing like you just you know expressed to us and i was thinking well if i go to heaven i'm going to be me and this time what is the real me is a pair of tennis shoes a jeans and a t-shirt and that's how i'm going to be in, <laughs> and that's how i'm going to be in heaven and as far as you know earth has been here longer than people actually think uh humans have been here longer than people actually think you know dinosaurs were here millions of years ago and they just had civilizations rise and fall so they have found human footprints right next to dinosaur footprints in rock. They have found structures that you can put a level to it, and it's off only by like maybe one hundred thousandths of an inch. Like they had to have power tools, yet this site is over ten thousand years old. You now, so yes, of course there have been civilizations rising and falling continuously hopefully we're smart enough now not to blow ourselves up this time you know but who knows but i i can see that's a very important message and especially when you said that you saw how beautiful earth looks from space no i how can you see somebody polluting the water or throwing trash out of a car you know we were given something that's beautiful as a gift and we're given another beautiful gift free will and what do we do with it? Well, not everybody, but a lot of people do. So I, I think that's what, one of the reasons why Spirit has compelled you to bring a message for it. And I think it's we all need to hear it. It's a wonderful message. I'm looking forward to reading your books and also looking forward to the third book. I mean, that that you know, you're an amazing person because, you know, you're – Somebody I would meet like you and talk to, because I was in law enforcement and retired from it, and I was in the military, and I would talk to somebody like that, and they thought, yeah, right, you know, and then go on. But look at you. I'm sure you were that way before until something amazing happened to you that you just could not ignore, and it set a new course of your life, which is helping so many people. We thank you for that. Now, uh, the astral travel, that must have... No, I mean, I learned how to astral travel, and actually we all do. You can initiate that, learn how to do it, but we all do it in our sleep anyway. So I found it amazing when you were asking uh, Albert, well, do I need a passport? You know, I have to tell my wife this and that. He kind of chuckled at you. You said, no, let's go, you know. you When you woke up that next day, you must do were you writing things down? You must have really been amazed. How did you feel after that? That experience, I, I felt very refreshed. I felt very energized. Uh, you know, people have asked me, "Did I feel drained or tired or anything?" I said, "No, I felt on top of the world, full of energy." I remembered my trip very vividly. Um, and you know, and people have asked me, you know, when you woke up, how do you know you just didn't dream all this? And I said, "Well, because uh, no, no dream I've ever had before comes anywhere close to being as vivid or as long-lasting as as my memories of those astral trips." So I know they're not dreams; they were real. And I would get up and I would basically go to my keyboard and I would start typing and write down everything I could remember about my trip. And, 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 and the, the memories, as I say, stayed with me for a long time, so I didn't have to do it all in one day. Uh, but it was, uh, I felt very, very energized. I just felt uh, on top of the world, and I, and I basically was grateful that I had the trip. Couldn't wait for the next trip. I never knew when Albert was going to come back. He wouldn't tell me. 
uh, no, he would just show up, and I, so I never know. It might be the next night, maybe three nights, it might be a week later. But he would come and he was ready, and I never, and he never told me where we were going until we were sort of on our way. And so it was, uh, it was very exciting. And some of the things uh, that I saw were uh, uh, were depressing. Some of the, he showed me some sites on Earth where uh, humans were abusing animals and uh, polluting the the planet and abusing one another, and it was kind of depressing. But he said, you know, uh, I just wanted to show you that, but there's a lot of good things that are going on on our planet, and, and most of the uh, good things, the, the acts of kindness that happen, don't get reported because the news media focuses on negative news. And he said, there's a lot of good things happening, and we're, we've come a long way. Uh, 30 or 40 years ago, he said, you wouldn't have written your book, and if you had, nobody would have read it. Uh, but now there's a lot more people who are more spiritually enlightened, and that's increasing every day. As you mentioned, David, there's more and more... TV shows and radio shows that, 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 that deal with psychic matters and metaphysical and spiritual matters, that would have happened 30 years ago. And so we are moving along, uh, and uh, it, we're being aided by uh, the Spirit is sending a lot of messages through many different channels. Through me, I write books. Through you and Sherelle, you, 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 know, you, uh, you, you do your, your readings and you uh, have your radio show and write your books. And there's, uh, there's messages being spread throughout many channels over the world. And the message is basically the same. I've had so many people say, that what Albert told me, they, they already heard from another source. Uh, and, and I say, that's good. The core message is always the same. Uh, there's different nuances to it, but the core message is the same. And that's very comforting because if we were getting conflicting messages from spirit, we wouldn't know which one to believe. But we're all getting the same core message, and that's just because uh, spirit wants to get the message out to as many through as many channels as possible. I, I noticed that people want to know well, how do I know? Well, you, we have a regular dream, and you may have multiple dreams and only remember parts of it. But if you have a lucid dream where you feel it's real, then that that's the kind of experience that you just explained to us that you had. It's very lucid experience, and it's very real. It's, it's tangible, you know what I mean? And yes. it, it's just amazing. You know, I get those every now and then, too. Not all the time, but every now and then, I'll be surprised and have uh, a lucid dream like that and write down the information. I have a thick book of that. And I've found sometimes it's been a precognitive dream or something like that, and it actually happened. But, I mean, that happens for a reason. And people can tell the difference, like somebody passed away. And, you know, I, I my grandfather came to me in my dream. He looked really you know, real, like I was really talking to him. He said he loved me and hugged me and this and that. And, you know, oftentimes that's not just a dream. That's an actual visit from a deceased loved one. You know what I mean? So Yes, uh, yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah. Thanks for opening your mind to all that and sharing this with us. You know, I'm really fascinated about your story. I can't wait to read your books. I've, I'm just, you know, I have a bookcase in here. Several hundred books on that subject I've been reading over the years, many of them out of print. I've been reading for years, knowing other psychics and mediums and experiencers, have guests, have experiences myself, and I'm still learning new things from people like you. So, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish you great success. And uh, we have your website and other contact information posted on the radio show. Before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to tell us or announce your website and anything else you'd like to tell us? No, I'd just like to thank you and Sherelle for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. You have great questions, and uh, and I just want to say you guys are, are, are channeling spirit uh, just like I am and keep more of us, more of us doing it, the, more, the, more, the better chance the message will get to all the people who need to hear it, David. I believe that you tell yes. five people, and they tell five people, and it continues to spread. Well, exactly. thank you so much. I'm glad that you were our guest today, and yeah. you know, hopefully uh, sometime in the future we'd like to have you on again because there's just not enough time to talk about this. And we could I'd talk about your back. third book. We could talk about your That's third right. book when you come back. <laughs> I'd be delighted to come back, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll mark you down, and when the third one comes out, I'll contact you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. It's been thank wonderful. You. I really had a great time. I'm sure everybody listening did as well. Next time we'll take more calls. Thank you and God bless. God bless to you. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening. Edition of Beyond the Gate Radio in this year of 2015 on a Sunday. 
And thank you, Sherelle, for being our co-host. Thank you, David, for having me as your co-host. And thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like the show and you're not following us, please press the follow button. You can also follow us on Facebook as well. I have links on the radio show site. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, go to mediumdavidb.com, and I have all my contact information there as well. Thank you all very much, and good night.